0: This class traces the minig of avoiding the recitation of the Friday night Kiddush during the seventh hour after Chazois. When and why did this custom begin? In the year Tovshin Lamed Zayn, there was a Yid in Crown Heights whose name was Rabbi Moshe Levertov. He lived on Lefferts, or at least when I knew him, he lived on Lefferts, and he wrote a Ha'orah. A comment in the journal that came out, uh the, the Kovitz, Yagdul Teirah. He wrote as follows. V'negea la'azhiruz sh'loy lasziz Kiddush al-yayim be'lel Shabbos Kiddush b'in sho'ashishis u'shviyas. About being particular on Friday night, not to make Kiddush in the seventh hour. In the seventh hour after Chatzoyz, between 6 and 7 p.m. Hineh b'yoyzi b'yichidus, hey, soqvoyk tushazad m'ashlita. I was in Yechidus by the Rebbeh. Sha'altiv, and I asked the Rebbe, Im etzleinu Are we careful about this matter in Lubavitch in Chabad? Va'ana? And he answered, Lubavitch and it's in parentheses, the word, Ha'yu nizhorim So in other words, did the Rebbe say that in Lubavitch, we are careful about it? Or did the Rebbe say that in Lubavitch, they were careful about it? Either way, the idea is that this is something that Lubavitchers uh, do keep. It's a minig that is minig Chabad. And the Rebbe said, we follow the clock. I'll come back to that in a second. we're careful about this. So, we follow the clock is because one of the big topics that people like to talk about when it comes to this discussion is how do you calculate the proper hour? And in fact, that's not the discussion we're going to have tonight. I'm not really equipped to talk about that. And that is, there's a controversy about the proper way of calculation. There are actually multiple controversies about the proper way of calculating. That's not going to be our focus. And that's what the Rebbe was alluding to when he said, uh, The point is, <coughs> the larger point is that the Rebbe said that this is something we're careful about. So what are we going to explore today? What we're going to explore today is the origins of this minig and the meaning of this minig. Where did it come from? How did it develop? And what was the purpose of this minic? One other point, that two years later in Tashon the Rebbe wrote a, 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 a few lines that was included in the Yagdol del and in Tashon And basically what happened over here is that there was a discussion uh, over there about what the Rebbe saw, the way the Rebbe observed people keeping this minic. So the Rebbe clarified that when he said what he saw, he didn't mean the Rebbein. What he meant when he said he saw how people calculate the time, it's Amad Dabar, the regular people. Why? Because Bebeis HaAmor, in my father's home, the Rebbe said, And what I saw by the Fridic Rebbe, They anyway would normally make Kiddush way late into the night. So in other words, the Rebbeim didn't even have an opportunity to be careful about this minig, because as a standard operating procedure, they were making Kiddush late at night. So when the Rebbe said, when he was commenting about how people observe it, what he meant was how regular chasidim uh, were observing it, not the Rebbe. So again, now that we know that this is something that in Lubavitch, that we're Nizar, so we become curious to know where did this come from, and what is the meaning and purpose of this interesting custom. So in order to understand this, we need to go start at the beginning, and we need to first discuss the meaning of the word mazal. Now the truth is that last year we gave three classes here on astrology, and a lot of that material is negea to what we are going to be discussing tonight. That said, all of that information is not a person, we're we're going to try to make the standalone value that even if you weren't at those classes, we should be able to appreciate what's happening uh, over here. OK, that's a plug for the podcast, because all three of those uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, classes are up over there. OK, there's a pasach of Malachim Beis, Perek of Gimel, talking about King Yoshio, and it says as follows. He was a good king. Why? Because has ha-kmarim nasnu malcha Yehuda. he got rid of all of the priests of Aveda Zara that previous kings had established among the Jewish people, as we know, during the time of the kings. There was a big sign of Aved and some of them promoted it. Yeshio came and got rid of these priests. <coughs> then it goes on and says, He also got rid of Ves HaMekatrim the people who brought sacrifices to the Baal, that's one of the deities that was worshipped at the time. La shemesh, the sun, VeLeYarech, the moon, VeLaMazalos, we'll come back to that word in a second. ULechel Tzva means all the heavenly bodies. What is unique about Mazalos? What's unique about mazalos is, this is different from Chol Tzwa The mazalos, the Radak explains, in Sefer HaShiroshim, in the Erech of uh, Nazal or Neizel, that this word means to flow, Nazal means to flow, <coughs> Nozal means to flow, a mazal means a flowing object, and he quotes this pasuk to say that water could flow, there are when, when human beings, especially in, in ancient times, when they looked up at the heavens, what they saw is as follows. They saw stationary stars. That was Tzva HaShemayim. They more or less were in the same place every day. And then what happened was they saw what we call today planets. They saw orbi- uh, uh, objects that were or- orbiting Earth, Mercury, Venus, whatever it was. So these are called the mazales. You have Shemesh, Yoreyach, the mazales, and the Ch'ol Tzva HaShemayim. That's what the mazales are. So the mazales are heavenly bodies. That are orbiting. That's what a mazel is. F- m- orbiting with velocity flow. Okay. Now, what happens is all of this is astronomy. All of this is astronomy, meaning it's the study of the heavenly bodies. However, there's a whole other thing that's called astrology. Astrology is different from astronomy. Astronomy just means learning about the heavenly bodies, the relative positions, anything that has to do with space and, and, and the planets and the orbiting and all of, all of that material. Astrology is something else. What's astrology? So here we need to give a little bit of a summary of, this, uh, of what astrology is. You know, we have in English a word that's called the flu. The flu. I know something or two about the flu. <laughs> so now, the flu comes from a, a bigger word called influenza. What does influenza mean? The word influenza is related to the word influence. Why? Because when there was this outbreak, I'm not entirely sure when it started, but a few hundred years ago, when there was an outbreak, they used the word influence to describe this outbreak. Influence of what? Influence of heavenly bodies. Meaning there was a belief that because of something going on in the Mazalis and the Tzvah it had a negative impact down here on earth that a significant portion of the population got sick. There's another English word that is similar as well: the word disaster. Where does the word disaster come from? What's the of the word? The word astro means a star, like the use in astros, right? So, so astro is a star. So disaster, disaster, this is bad. Disaster means bad star. In other words, the idea was, why did this negative event happen? The belief was it was due to the influence of a bad star in Olam Hasen. This is called astrology. Astrology is the idea that heavenly bodies, the sun, the moon, the planets, the stars, constellations of stars, have an influence on things that go on in this world uh, beyond just that the sun gives light and that the moon gives light, etc. but that impact, uh, that impact of so much that goes on in this world. What are the different types of influence? So one type of astrology is called natal astrology. What's natal astrology? That it's the position of the heavenly bodies at the time of a person's birth. And what is this impact? So one thing, a person's human character, his character, smart, good looking, all these things is indicated by the mazel, by the, the, by the positions of the heavenly bodies at the time that the person is born. That's one type of astrology. Another thing of natal astrology is how successful this person is going to be in life. Famous statement of the Gemara that will come to soon. Uh, we're not going to come to it soon, but it's a famous statement of the Gemara, that which essentially means success in all different areas of life, is that statement is an astrological statement. And we're saying that a person's destiny is determined by how the positions of the heavenly bodies are positioned by the, when the person is born. That's all natal astrology. Then there's another type of astrology. This is that events that happen in the world, such as war or illness or things like that, also could be a result of the heavenly bodies. Now, in this whole sughya, there's different types of influencers, meaning there's different types of ways that the heavenly bodies have an influence. So number one, what's more famous in our culture today is what's called sun sign astrology. What's sun sign astrology? It basically works like this. When you look up at, uh, at, at heaven, the ancients already did this, they saw the clusters of stars and they looked like uh, they formed images. And they gave them names based on, these, uh, on the images that they had. Now what happens is that as the sun travels, uh, as the sun travels uh, uh, in the, as as the sun makes its makes its movements, during the year, when we look up, the sun is in a different position. Whether it's spring, whether it's fall, whether it's winter, whatever. So when they looked up in the ancient times and they saw the sun, it looked to be in different positions. One position, it could be uh, against a certain constellation of stars. And another month, it was against a different constellation of stars. And so therefore, what they, this was one type of astrology. And this is what's really popular today when someone opens a newspaper and they're reading their horoscope. It's, it goes by this type of astrology. It goes by the month. And it's like, oh, you were born between this day and that day. So then, this type of uh, destiny awaits you today, or whatever it is. So this is one type of astrology. It's a monthly astrology. This type of astrology does not make so much appearance in Chazal. Famous appearance where it is made in Chazal is in other. Why? Because the Medrash says that Haman that said he was looking for a good month to attack the Jews, and he chose other. It says for two reasons. One is because Mosh Rabbeinu passed away in other. But another reason the Medrash gives of why he chose other was because other is the month of Dogim, and in the English word, the, I forget the, the, the name. Uh, what is it? Pisces, Pisces right? So that's that Pisces means fish in Greek, so it's the same thing. And it's like, what's a fish is weak and timid and gets swallowed up by other things. So he's like, yes, that's going to be a great mazel, that's going to be a great sign to be able to attack the Jewish people. Paul well, didn't work out. And, and what does the Gemara say? The Gemara says, that, kert, that other actually is a month where Bari mazoli, where it's a strong mazel for the Jewish people. So that's an example of where Chazal are using or talking about this type of uh, of, uh, mazal. But the truth is that the vast majority of astrology that's in Chazal is not this uh, monthly type of thing of where the sun is against which constellation of the stars. That's not uh, the majority. The majority is a looking, taking the seven planets taking the seven planets when we say seven planets is five planets and the Sun and the moon and saying that every hour one of these planets is, Marshall, is in control of what goes on in the world. Now, there's a big difference between the two. Because in the sun sign, astrology it's observable. In other words, we could say the sun is in a certain position. And it's against a certain constellation of stars. That's something that's an objective fact. Now, whether a person believes that that has an influence on what goes on in the world is another story. But at the end of the day, the idea is an astronomical idea of where the sun is relative to a certain constellation of stars. But well, what Chazal spoke about, Mazel Shoiz and Mazel Yom, there's nothing observable. They're just saying that this planet controls this hour, the next planet, the next hour, as we're going to see. Okay, that's what Chazal spoke about more. It's Mazel Shoiz and Mazel uh, Yom. Now, another big yesoid in astrology is that not only all this is happening, but Chachamim down here in this world have the ability to look into. At, at the at the sky, see what's going on, and then make all types of predictions about human being. What type of person I'm going to be? What I should do and what I shouldn't do? Is there going to be war? Is there going to be peace? Is there going to be illness? Is there going to be health, etc., etc. Okay. Now, few more points. The Rambam, as we discussed in those classes, when an ariches in this, the Rambam has a famous letter where he says this whole thing of astrology is bonkers. He says it's not true. Okay, and he downplays the whole thing and says that it's a terrible thing and it's even usher to be engaged in this and whatever. But the reality is, and Moser Shoinin looked and said, that if you look at Chazal, you see the Chazal took this stuff seriously. You see the Chazal took it seriously. Okay, if you want more, you can go back to those classes to hear a little bit more about the arguments on either side. Now, what does this influence me? What does this pachla, what does this influence me? This influence could be understood in two ways. I'll give you two models to understand it. One is the physical model, and the other is the Simen model. What's the physical model? The physical model would say something like this, that you know, a lot of the things that are associated with Venus, as we're going to see, is because Venus is very bright. And so therefore, it, it, the influence that it has is about brightness. Or Mars is red and bloody. And so therefore, the influence is bloody. And so th- that kind of lends itself, not that it's necessarily the case, but it kind of lends itself to a very physical way of understanding this. And just like you know, the full moon has an influence on the tides, which you know people figured that out a long time ago, or the sun has influence in many ways that is able to observe. So too these planets simply have that type of influence, just like people. You know, when the weather is cold, it means people are able to catch uh, uh, viruses. Uh, and they're more prone to catch it than when the weather is warm, et cetera, et cetera. It's a way of understanding in a very physical way that these <coughs> planets have an influence on character and world events somehow in a physical way. I we don't understand it. We don't understand it, but that's one way of under, of, of of understanding. Then there's the symbolic way. The symbolic way would go something like this: that each one of these uh, uh, heavenly bodies, w- during its hour. It represents a certain hashpa that's coming from God to the world. And when that hashpa from Hashem coming to the world is, 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 is more gvorodik, is more chesedik or whatever, and it just happens to be that these hours, these heavenly bodies, which are said to be in control during that hour is just a simon that something spiritual or, or, or something else is going on. And so then you wouldn't be looking for like some sort of magnetic type of influence that the planet has on the world or on the person. You would just be saying that it's a simmon for what's happening. Okay, so this is a little bit of background information because all of this is going to become very important for the topic of, uh, of that we're going to be talking about. So first, let's look at some of the sources that talk about mazalas and astrology in Chazal. And here we have the statement, in Gemara and Shabbos, Tav Vavam Vovam Aleph, where Rabchanina says, lo'i mazal yoim goyrim. It's not the mazal yoim. Rather, it's the mazal Shah, not the daily mazal. It's the hourly mazal that really matters. So Rashi, in Shabbos, earlier, in Daf Kuf, Chov, explains the whole thing, what's going on over here. What's, what does we mean when we say mazal Yoim? What do we mean when we say mazal shah? And he gives a simon. Rashi begins by giving a simon of shatzam chanchal. This is a simon for seven different uh, heavenly bodies. Let's read what he says. Says Rashi. This simen of Shatzam Chanchal is the Seder Hashois, is the order of the hours, Kishenitlu Hama Oirois When when Hashem created the world and he hung the heavenly bodies, the Seder was Shatzam Chanchal. What does that mean? Sharishoino Sharavibi is the first hour of Wednesday, which means in our language Tuesday night, Shimei Shapsoi. So Shapsoi, which is Saturn, was in control, so to speak. Of the In an astrological sense. on the second hour, was Tedek, which is Jupiter. V'achar of Ma'dim, following that, was Mars. V'achar of Chama, the sun. V'achar of Noigah, and after that, was Venus. V'achar of Koichov was Mercury. V'achar of Lavona, the moon. Nimsu, Shavah, Mazalis, Le So you have seven Mazalis corresponding for seven hours. V'achoisrim, Chalila, la'olam, And this continues, goes on and on and on. Now, what happens is, each day ends up being in a different order. Because you have 24 hours in a day, a cycle of seven is seven, 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 and then just three extra hours. So therefore, the seder of how it looks on Sunday, and on Monday, and on Tuesday is different. But if you look at a week, a week is 168 hours, which divides itself into seven. So therefore, every week will replicate itself exactly. So therefore, every single Wednesday is going to be at six, the sixth hour is going to be the exact same mazal. Rashi continues and says, so let me tell you, if you want to know what is the mazel, the beginning of each night, so he says that siman. For that is katznash Chalam. Why? Because Moetz Shabbos, the night after Shabbos, Shah Shani Shaloi, its first hour is Koichav. Tchilas the beginning. Of the second night, meaning Sunday night, what is the first mazel that's in control then? Say. Sadak. The Khaymba azad follows that seder. Now Rashi tells you the first hour of every day. The <inaudible> Yamim, what is the first hour every single day? It's Khalam Katnash during day hours. Shah <clears throat> The first hour of day on Sunday is Chama. The sun, the first hour on Monday is the moon. The shal is madim, is Mars. Now here's a very important thing that what? we know the days of the week. What are the days of the week? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Where do these names come from? Here you have your answer for how these names come from. What's the first hour of daytime mazel on Sunday? The chama. chama is in control. Because Chama was in control as the first hour, this is what Mazal Yoim means. Mazal Yoim means the first hour of the day that one reigns supreme and has control over the whole day, more so than over any of the other Mazalis. That's what Mazal Yoim is. The first hour of each day. So, Rashi just told you, what's the first hour of Sunday? Chama. What's the first hour of Monday? Lavana. Sunday, Monday. Mon is the moon. Now, in English language, it doesn't work anymore for Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, and that's because of the influence of the German, which gets into, uh, and Friday, which gets into other things. But in many of the other Romance languages, such as French or whatever, it actually continues. Because Tuesday is Mars, right? And in, 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 in French, well, Mardi, right? So that's Mars. And likewise, it continues for Wednesday, Thursday. I remember Thursday is Jeudi which is uh, Jupiter, uh, uh, and is Mercury for Wednesday, right? So this really continues. What's happening here? It's the first hour of the day. It's this simon of katsnash, the first hour of the day. That's Mazel Yoyim. Now, go back to what the Gemara was saying. Rabbi Chanina said, yeah, there, I know what mazal yom is, but that's not what controls. What really controls is mazal shah. In other words, I don't really care about the first hour of every single day. What I care is about each individual hour because the mazal that is reigning during that individual hour, that's the one who has all the say, that's the one who has all the influence, and we don't really care so much about the day. Now, it would be tempting to say that that's why in Judaism we don't, use the name, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because we don't believe in the first mazal of each day having influence, at least not according to Rabbi Hanina. Because we believe that, <coughs> according to Rabbi Hanina, what we're saying is every hour is completely independent. So, but the MS is at least the Ramban, when he explains, in Parshas Yisrael, when he explains why Yidin say, yay mirishin, yay msheni, yay and don't use these days, he just says, this is because our focus is Shabbos, we're centered around Shabbos, and therefore we're counting down to Shabbos. That's what he says. <coughs> So I don't know if you can uh, make, uh, make that particular uh, suggestion. Hold on. Let's continue. Questions at the end. Then all of that is a general introduction to this idea. So now we know what astrology is. So it means we know what mazoles are. And we know the general system, how it works throughout the week. Now let's narrow zero in on Mars. Let's zero in on mazal ma'idin. Says the Gemara in Shabbos, Tav Kufnun, be Madim, a person who is born in Madim, Ye Gavar is going to be a person who spills blood. Here is natal astrology. Here's the idea of being born under the in the mazel of Mars during that hour, whenever it is, that person is going to be a spiller of blood. Now this raises a whole problem. I, I'm going to be a murderer. How can you say that? Where's my B'chir Chavshis? We spoke about this at great length in the previous series. But that's quickly uh, resolved by Ravashi. Because Amr Ravashi, when we say he's going to spill blood, is. E, umana, e, ganava, e, tabacha, e, he, this person could be a doctor, a Uman, someone who lets blood. It could be a Ganev, that's negative. Tabacha. It could be a, a butcher, a, a Moyl. In other words, there are many positive outlets where this could go. And so, therefore, a person isn't locked in, so to speak. Uh, but what do we see already? What we see already is that there's an association. Madim is already a negative mazel. It's negative. There, it, it, the negative stuff come. It's not that negative must come. But the negative stuff, the bloody stuff, the murderers, come from mazal madim. Amar Rabbah, the Gemara continues. Rabbah says, I was born in Madim. It's almost as if he was saying, and I'm not a... I'm not someone who, who kills. I'm not someone who causes any spilling of blood. Amar Abaya. So Abaya answered, Yes, indeed you do. Mar Name Anish You are a rav. You're a leader of a Besdin. You have police powers. And you have punished people. In fact, you have issued the death sentence. And that is a result of you coming from, uh, uh, you having this influence from uh, Ma'adim. He killed This is one, this is one, uh, yeah, I heard you about Reb Zeta. This is one uh, Gemara. Next Gemara Shabbos, Tav Kuf Chav Tes, Amit Beis. Amar Shmuel, another Gemara that says this, Pursa, the Dhamma, when is the right time? To draw blood, in other words, we know that till actually pretty recently, the most common thing, very common way of healing, was to let blood. In fact, this was used for all different types of purposes, uh, for bigger injuries, for smaller injuries, this was a very common thing. So now the Shaila is, when's the right time to let blood? So, the, so, so Shmuel says, chad on Sunday, arba, on Wednesday, umaleh shabbata, on Friday. Don't do it on Monday and Thursday. What's the reason you shouldn't do it on Monday and Thursday? What this means is um, uh, on, on um, a, a, a person, the Gemara says that a person is judged every single day. So bez and is really sits in session every single day. But when does bez and sit in session? So there's a takana of Ezra that Bez and Shomata should, get, should convene every Monday and Thursday. So on a Wednesday, there's only one judgment, Momayla. But on a Monday and on a Thursday, there's like a lot of justice going on. There's justice going on above. There's justice going on below. There's a lot of gvura. This is not the day that you want to do a procedure that has an element of risk, bloodletting, you know, chas the person can hit an artery and it could go really terribly bad. And so therefore, you don't want to get involved on that day. This is not astrological. Okay. But then he continues. And he says, "But is my time So why can't we do it on Tuesday?" Remember, he only said that we do Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. So he said, "On Tuesday we don't do it madim What does this mean? Madim, Mars on Tuesday is in Zugois. Rashi is going to explain what that means. Zokrashi Shamazo Madim is Shamish Zugas. Madim is operative, the hour that he's in control is in an hour that is an even hour. Okay? When is that? On Tuesday, mazo Madim is actually uh, in, twice. The first hour of day and the eighth hour of the day. The eighth hour of the day is an even hour. Okay, what's the big deal with even with even hour? We'll see in a second. First, Rashi tells us what's the problem with Madim. Umaz al-Madim is Mamuna. It's the Mamuna. It, it reigns control on kherev, War, Dever, Pestilence, Alperonius, and Suffering. Okay, that's about Madim. What about the eighth hour? caution. Zugoy's is problematic. What's this concept of zugos briefly without dwelling too much time on it? The Gemara Mishachim discusses how like the arba is like a problem. Why? Because it's four. And the belief was that Shadim. They don't like things in even numbers. They're like, hey, this is a place where we come and we hang out and we get offended. Somehow it races them on when they see things in even numbers, which is why the Gemara had to come up with an explanation of why Arba Kois is not a problem, even though it is Zugais, and it gives an explanation for whatever it is. So here, what's happening here is that on Tuesday, the eighth hour of the day is a double whammy. On the one hand, it's Madin; That's bad enough. But in addition to that, it's madim in the 8th hour, which is zuggahs, and it's like, oh, this is really trouble. And so therefore, there's two ways of saying it. Either you say, stay away from the whole day, and don't do any bloodletting on the whole day, even not in the 8th hour. Or you would say, stay away the whole day, because we're afraid you're going to end up doing it in the 8th hour. That I'm not entirely sure how to learn shot here, but fine. This is what he's saying over here. Oh, Kashim, what's the problem with Zugais? because that's the area with shadim. Again, I know this raises a whole question about shadim, and it raises a whole question about Zugais, but it's not our topic for tonight. Bibsachim. is And so therefore, it's just it's too prone for negativity avol shar yomim on other days, ain't madim, although yav madim every day, but ain't madim bezugay shalam. You don't have it in even hours. The only time you have it in even hours is at night, but by night, no one does ha'kazah anyway, and so therefore it's not considered an issue. This is what Rashi says. So this is a second Gemara. We have two Gemaras. The first one more about the person's birth, that madim has the potential to lead to something really negative, and secondly, it's not about birth, but it's about The idea that something could go wrong during medical procedure uh, is more prone to happen when there is uh, Mazal Madim in control. Now the Gemara continues and asks the question and says, why Friday is it okay? Why Friday is it okay? In the Gemara, on Friday, on Friday, it's also in an even hour. How is it an even hour? Because it's the sixth hour of daylight. The sixth hour of daylight is there and for the Gemara and 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 I became everyone's doing bloodletting on Friday and for the Gemara, keeping the Dashau be because many people trample on it, think nothing of it. So therefore, it's muter. And in fact, Shemir Psoim Hashem, Hashem is going to protect that nothing bad is going to happen. This is an idea that comes up in the Gemara on a number of occasions, and that is, is a certain activity that we suspect that there's an element of danger. We're not entirely sure what the nature and the scope of the danger it is. So the default position is you have to be careful. But if we see that in a society. Um, not only people go about doing it and they're not harmed, but they actually think nothing of it Dashu beiram they think nothing of it. So then we say from a Allah perspective, okay we're not going to consider this dangerous anymore because What's, how do you define danger? If you have an entire community saying we think nothing of it, obviously it means that people have done this activity many times and they weren't hurt, and so therefore we can say it's not dangerous. I we believe there's an element of risk there. Kahasham is gonna uh, uh, guard them. This comes up by the way in the sugya when when you talk generally the suya about assuming risk. This is a big factor that comes into the discussion. Now. Now the Shaila is, why was everyone bloodletting? Why was everyone trampling on this uh, fear on Friday? And Rashi says Rashi, I'll just say outside what he says, he says as follows. We know, he says from another Gemara, that the day after bloodletting, you want to eat fish. Okay, Shabbos, eating fish. Friday, you do the bloodletting, then the next day, you're eating your fish. Ah, you could say, do it on another day and eat fish? No, eating fish during the week, that costs money, it's expensive. That's, what the, that's why it's covered Shabbos, because it's expensive. And so therefore, there was a turned into a societal need to basically do bloodletting on Friday because of the eating the fish on Shabbos. And so people started doing it. They're trampling upon it. Things look okay. So we say, go ahead. And we say it's okay to do it on Friday, even though you have Masal madim in the sixth hour of daylight from counting from the morning. Okay. Let's continue and see how this concept further develops. Now we're going to move into the Middle Ages. We're going to move into the Middle Ages and we're going to see that this, now, they're going to zone in on a mazal madim that is reigning in control at the beginning of Shabbos. And this is where we're going to start moving toward an issue with making Kiddush or being makabel Shabbos, as we're going to see uh, during that time. The Gemara famously says, Gemara on Shabbos, that every Friday night there are two malachim that come to a person's home. And here I should say that many of the sources that we're having, that I'm going to be citing from here now, come from Rabbi Oberlander, has a sefer, uh, called uh, I believe. And he collected uh, the majority of these sources. is a very good resource. If you're lear- interested in learning more about the topic, uh, see there. So the Gemara says that two malachim come, a good malach comes, a bad malach comes, and they say, If the house is set and all ready for Shabbos, so the good Malach says next week will be like this, and the bad Malach is forced to say amen. If however they come and they see everything's in disarray, then the bad Malach says yeah, let next week become like, uh, be a repeat, and the good Malach is forced to say amen. That's a very interesting Gemara, why is a bad malach with me? Why is it coming home with me on Shabbos? It's a lot of interesting questions. And maybe because of these questions, or maybe not because of these questions, there's a very interesting interpretation that was given to this gemara by one of the Rishonim, not very well known, whose name was Meir Koychav, or Meir Koychavi. Now it's interesting, because it's, he's going to give this gemara, the gemara is talking about malachim he's going to give it an astrological interpretation. So I thought that it's cute because his name is Meir Koichov, which is a star. But it turns out that he comes from a place in France, His place where he lived, was called Etoile, which means a star. And this was very common to give people that name. Like one of the Rishonim who comes from Montpellier is called min because Montpellier means the mountain. There are many examples. Especially in the south of France, this was very common. The Meiri, many other names like that, are Hebrew interpretations of the places where they were living. So this is uh, him. He's cited in the Abu Dram. And what he basically says is as follows. He says, you want to know what these two angels are? Let's read inside. <laughs> these two angels correspond to the astrological mazolus. <laughs> What's sedek? Jupiter, right? <laughs> the last hour of Friday is Jupiter. Umalach Shaloi, and his angel is Tzadkiyo It's a good angel. Mazel If it's a good Mazel, it's a good Malach. Umadim Mishameish shalil Mars is the first hour of the night of Shabbos. Umalach Shaloi Samol shmoy. And his Malach is the Malach that some people won't even say. They'll only say Samach because it represents the worst of the worst. zel Malach Ra V'nimsa poigim Poygim As It turns out that you have these two good angels they, they're meeting each other because one hour spills into the next hour. This one is the first hour of Shabb- is the first hour before Shabbos. Uh, and this one, sorry. This one is the first hour of Shabbos. And that's the one that's leaving because it's the hour before Shabbos. It means, yeah, astrology. Astrology is going home with you. Because the hours of the time that you're in. The hours of the last hour of day and the first hour uh, of night. There are other Rishonim as well, uh, who again, lived in the 13th century. There are other Rishonim that came after that also interpreted the Gemara in this way. The most important thing about it over here is we see they're giving a certain significance now. All of a sudden, they're, they're pointing their light. At this first hour of Shabbos telling us that this is a madim uh, hour till then no one the Gemara never spoke about this first hour of Shabbos never focused a light on the first hour of the night of Shabbos He's, these are the first ones to focus on the light of the first Shabbos obviously they're pointing back to the Gemara and saying that's what the Gemara means with the Malachim but it's not overtly in the Gemara this is what they're doing and this is kind of gonna lead to this whole uh, idea of not making kiddush so here is where we move to the next step. The next step comes from the Talmidim of the Arizal. As we know, the Arizal lived in the 16th century in Svas, And he made a lot of, uh, he had a tremendous impact on Am Yisrael. And one of the big impacts on Am Yisrael was Friday night. Because Friday night before the Arizal, you came to Shul, you said Baruchu, and you said and that, that was that. And you came home, you made Kiddush. Uh, this whole idea of doing lachuniranina and doing the kapit lachtilim and doing the lachadoide and the ona and the mizmor shilayim on Shabbos, all of that material, it comes from the way that Arizal was makabal Shabbos together with his talmid, with his talmidim in svas, and then coming home saying shalom aleichem. This piyut, we don't know exactly who wrote it, but it it, it, it came out of that climate came out of that time. The first time we see Shalom Aleichem in a book is in the early 1600s. Mamish, and that's Kufa. And Al-Darazah is saying, And there are many other things. So Friday night really got a whole facelift. And because of this, what happened was that, I don't know the exact year, but starting already in the, 16, in the early 1600s at least, there's this genre that's called Tikune Shabbos. The truth is it's still with us today because the average bencher that a person has, if it has Kiddush, is called Tikkunah Shabbos. What is Tikkunah Shabbos? What does this mean? One of the big ideas of Arizal was tikun. We're not going to get into it, but this was a big idea of the, in the Kabbalah of Arizal was the concept of tikun and tikun. And so the seder that he established for uh, Friday night was called Tikkunah Shabbos. And so they printed these booklets of how do you do this new way of doing Friday night? Lefi shi'tas ha This is called Tikkunah Shabbos. So I saw myself, I looked, I saw a version from 1600 La but it didn't have the passage that we're going to read. If you go to the Krakow 1612 edition, it's not entirely sure if it's 1612, but it's around that uh, time. There you have a passage where all of a sudden he's going to say, we don't want to be makabel Shabbos during this hour. Let's have a look to see what he says. By the way, this Tikkun Shabbos from Krakow, 1612, this is the edition that has Shalom Aleichem. This is the first appearance of Shalom Aleichem is, in this, uh, is in, this, in this edition. No one knows who actually wrote it. No one assumes that the Arizal wrote it. The assumption is it came from his students. Is it directly students? Is it students of his students? No one really knows. Okay, so it says as follows. After Daviding, Friday night, don't hang out too much in shul. Because you have to make kiddush as soon as possible. The earlier, the better. Now, now he goes. If you want to know the side, the Kabbalah of this matter of why you should hurry up to make kiddush, mivur la'mata. That's going to be explained below in a minute. Why? Because basically, by hurrying home to make Kiddush, the idea is before the hour of Samol, the Koikhov Madim and Mars, which happens at the beginning of Shabbos. And here is where he explains a little more, and he brings there's two Malachim. And here he taps into this earlier interpretation that was already given by Meir Koychav or Meir Koychavi that links the Gemara of the two Malachim to this whole thing. And he quotes it, and he says, "Elosh ne'elalochim v'satki ol v'samal." Then he quotes the two malachim the same way that Mayor Koychov did. V'satki al mishamish p'shaachreinu shalatav shabbos. The good malach is the last hour of Friday. Umem shalta koychov sedek, and he's in control of the koychov sedek of Jupiter. V'samal al betchilas leil shabbos. Samal is the first hour of. Friday night, of Shabbos. And he controls over Mars. This is what he's saying. So, there's a little more stress here on the Malachim. Like, the planets, these astro- the, the Mars and the Jupiter, what's really is the Malach that's, that's on top, that's on charge of them. But what you see over here is that he's the first one who says, by the way, you gotta hurry home and get home and make Kiddush right away. Why? Because you wanna make Kiddush before it's the defer- first. In other words, you want to make kiddush early. That's essentially what he's saying. Remember, there's a long tradition of being makkabel Shabbos early, as is going to become clearer soon. So the idea is, your makkabel Shabbos a little early. It's in that last hour of Friday when it's not Shabbos yet, and so then it's under a good mazzle with a good malach. That's when you want to make kiddush. Now, what happens if you didn't? He doesn't discuss it. He does not say here in the that, by the way, if you didn't do it, then wait the out then wait after the first hour of Shabbos and delay, he does not say that. He just says, this is why you should rush home to get it done uh, as, uh, as soon as possible. Now already here, you, we could already pause and already bust the myth, which I'm sure probably most of you are aware of, this idea of, of white wine. There are some people who've said, and this has been around for a very, very long time, my father says he heard it you know, when he was growing up and I, I didn't trace back how far it went. But the idea that, the issue is, because Madim means red, and Mars is considered red, and as we know, represents bloodshed, so it's, you're only triggering it with red wine. But if you have white wine, so then somehow you're not triggering Well, there is no reference to that. You see, he doesn't want Kiddush happening under this hour, no matter what. There is no distinction. In fact, there is no mucker that is mechalik. Not one. There is no mucker that's mechalik between one type of wine and the other. And all the poskim who spoke about it always spoke about you don't want to make kiddush during that hour. Okay. So why does why does it persist? The thing maybe we'll come back to later to say why the white wine thing persists. Maybe it's not such a terrible thing. Uh, if we have time, we'll come back a little later uh, to that. Okay. Now here's the thing where when they're talking about the first hour. The last hour of Friday and the first hour of Shabbos, we need to pause and we need to think a second. What's going on out there? There's a certain say there in how the mazalas work, hour after hour after hour. So you're going to tell me this same thing applies when Shabbos is coming four o'clock? You're going to say the good hour is three and the bad hour is four, and then when Shabbos comes at eight o'clock, the good hour is seven and the bad hour is eight. Obviously, it doesn't make any sense. So, the Maxtus Hashakel clarifies that this whole idea of the first hour and is good, and the, the, the sorry, the, first, the last hour of Friday is good, and the first hour of Shabbos is bad, he says that's only in the perfect day. That, you know, there's 12 hours of daylight, and there's 12 hours of, um, of, of, of nighttime, and in that situation, that's where it actually works out. But not every Shabbos is it going to end up working out. This starts moving into the discussion that I don't want to get into, and that's the calculating the proper times and how to do this, which we're not going to do. But enough said about that idea that all this whole thing about first hour and last hour don't, wouldn't apply every single uh, night. It would actually only, every single Shabbos would only apply certain times of the year. OK. Now, like this. We are going to uh, skip what I wanted to say about the Marsha. And now let's move to the next step. Because at the end of the day, the Tikkuni Shabbos is a Kabbalah Sefer. It has tremendous influence, but it's not a Pesach. So you don't have an actual pesach coming and saying, stay away from Kiddush during that hour. But that changes with the Eulah's Shabbos. The Eulah's Shabbos is an important pesach. He lived in, his dates are, are 1640 to 1700. And he wrote a commentary on the Shulchan Aruch. He's from that first generation of, Poiskim, like the Shah and the Taz and the Magan Avram, he's a little before the Maganavram Avram and the Shabbos, Where they basically what made Shochnarach Neskabo accepted Beroyt Yisrael is the fact that they wrote their commentaries and said, yeah, is yeah, but we disagree with this and and and, and that's kind of the first the Bei the Chalcas These are the ones that kind of made the Shocharuch or ensure that the Shochnarach would become the book that it actually became. So he's part of that. Uh, he's part of that uh, scene. Look what he writes. Kiddish should happen before madim happens. Now, look what he adds. So, number one, he's a place who, 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 who's saying this, so that's a big deal. Now, look what he continues. What if you didn't make kiddish during that last hour of Friday, which is the good hour? And now it's the first hour of Shabbos, the bad hour. What do you do? Says he, You gotta wait. You gotta wait for the Mars hour to pass. This is what he says. Now, what's interesting is that the Magan Avram brings this. In fact, the Avram very often argues with the Oil of Shabbos on many different topics. I saw on a Sefer. Um, that the Magan Avram, the Oyla Shabbos was printed once, in the year 1681. It wasn't reprinted until 20 years ago, a second time. Which is an amazing thing. And this was a sefer that was quoted largely, uh, widely. So the reason for that, I saw in the sefer called Klilas Yoifi, that... What happened was that once the Magan Avram made his sefer, he kind of took all the attention away from the Oilus uh, Tumit. It's the Oilus Shabbos. It's the same author. He wrote two Swarm Oilus Tumit and Shabbos. And especially because he argues with him so much, that so people are like, okay, we're going with the Magan Avram. Athol became, the Magan Avram in this case agrees. Look what he writes. Magan Avram writes, shabbos, he, he quotes from the Tikkuni Shabbos, from that earlier source, Shei Adish Koydim Laila. You've got to do it before night. Because the first hour of Shabbos, again, when we're saying the first hour of Shabbos, it only is under a certain uh, time of the year. Whereas at the end of Friday uh, is Mazel Tzedek. You want to make Kaddish under the good Mazel. And then he brings from another edition that says it. Then the Muggan Avram goes on to bring a source. It's a very interesting source. He brings a tshuva from an Azaria of Fano, uh, who discusses and says that, by the way, if you're not hungry, you don't have to make Kiddush right away. Why? You gotta make Kiddush right away. So he says, because you already essentially made Kiddush in davening. You said, Mekadisha Shabbos in davening Ishmael Ezra. So therefore, Midaraisa, what Kiddush? To say, Mekadisha Shabbos. So you already Yaisa Midaraisa. So therefore, Zvizim Akdimit Lemitzah for what? For the Dirabanan to say it over wine. So therefore, it's not necessary. Why does he bring this? It looks like the Magan Abram is bringing this to justify waiting an hour, even though he doesn't say this. Clearly, because waiting an hour is a problem, so lechayer that's why he brings the tshuva of Rameh Afano to say that by the way, you're, there's no issue with waiting because you already made because you already said it in shul. Okay, this is the Magan Avram. Now we know the Magan Avram has an influence on the Alter Let's come to see how the al Rebbe quotes this minute. Says the Alter Rebbe, is harim, Some people are careful. He does not say everyone. He says is harim. Some people are careful, but we already know. That Labavitch is part of the Yeshun is Yesh nizhorim shaloi kadesh bishar arishayin o'shal halayla. Not to make Kiddush in the first hour of the night. The Alter Rebbe clarifies for us based on what I, said, what I said before. It's not always a question of the first hour of the night. The Hainu, you want to really know the right way to calculate this, don't look for the first hour of the night. That's going to get you the wrong... Sometimes of the year that's going to work. Sometimes of the year it's not going to work. So what should you look for? Sha'ashviyiz achachatzayayon. The seventh hour after Chatzos so of the day, that's the way. Well, no matter when it is the seventh hour of, of after Chatzos, all year round, that is an hour that is a Mazel Madam hour. And he sends you to Simen Toph We don't have the Altarebbe on Tov Chof but fine. Make Kiddush either earlier, before, or after, okay? So he, the Altarebbe, is telling us similar to what the Oila Shabbos said, where he said to wait. Even though, by, again, the Magan Avram wasn't the footage, wasn't so clear about waiting. Here it became clear. Why? Which, again, we know that first hour doesn't mean first hour. First hour means the seventh hour. After is madim And Samal is Love. And so, therefore, this is something that we're careful about. Okay? So, this is the origins of what this Minig is. So, it's like, it's like a little interesting because if you go back to the general topic of astrology, as much as Chazal gave it the legitimacy that they did to the Rambam's chagrin, but they did do that, at the end of the day, in, in, the, in many Yisrael downplayed the whole thing. Downplayed the whole thing. And they said, don't worry about it, and don't look into this, And that, right? Now, that's mostly in recent centuries. Relative, in the time of the Rishonim, was a little more nuanced. But in recent centuries, they downplayed the whole thing. When people would say, I'm scared, I'm this muscle, I'm that muscle. Don't worry about it, don't worry. And here, we see the one thing where it kind of stuck. It's like one of the few, if, if I asked you which areas in daily practice of Yiddishkeit, there's an astrological, clear astrological thing. Very. I don't think there's so much. I don't think, right? OK, mazel tov, the witch. That's, that's a saying. That's not, where do you have it? This. This is the one vestige that remains uh, from, uh, from, this, uh, from this thing. OK, that's in terms of the meaning. Now, in terms of Person has to, if, if someone has competing stuff that they need to deal with in their own life, uh, whether to keep this minig or not, and whatever, speak to a speak to Rav or replace it. But I want to say one thing. I know, uh, 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 I've heard from a few people who said, tonight, Friday night, I can't go to shul. To have a with a minion. Why? Because I, I don't want to make, because then I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to make kiddush between six and seven, and I can't wait for later, so I'm not going to go to shul. So that sounds a little funny, because davening with a minion is, uh, is a din, right? So to push off a din in order to keep this minig, that sounds a little funny to me, but okay, whatever, speak to other Now, there's a few interesting things additionally from the Rebbe on this uh, subject that I want to share. Number one is as follows. There's a Sikha the Rebbe about birthdays, and this is in Toshim Emches, and the Rebbe spoke in this Sikha about this whole concept, of mazoli goiver, the day of the birth, is a mazal it's a good mazal and all that. Now, he addresses the following question. There is a Gemara that says, Ain't mazali Yisrael. There's no mazal for a yid. If there's ain't mazali Yisrael, so then why are we talking about mazali Goiver for a birthday? So the Rebbe cites and says, a mazali, he says, no, no, no. You have to say that the mazali's thing applies to Jews. And what's the evidence? It's interesting. The Rebbe says, one of the pieces of evidence is that it applies to Jews, is this din six to seven. Without this din of sixth of Kiddush in the seventh hour, what could you say about these Gemaras that are astrological? You could say that it's shaloi Kapshutoy. Why? Because in the Torah, it's talk, it's agadata. And as we know, there's a long tradition. It's a debate. It's not so clear how when we are uh, we say this, but there definitely is opportunity to say that agadata is not literal. So I could look at an agadata that says it's tali b'mazel, and I could say so. The Rebbe brings this din which, again, from the, fir- the first poiskim that actually bring it in halacha are in the 17th century and, and on. But he brings this din and says, oh, if it's a din, so then by definition, it means that it's a real thing and can't be interpreted away. Read, Let's read Sefer HaSiches Tov Shemem Ches. The concept, the sugya about shah, about mazl shah, applies to Jews. As it says, it says, "Amar Raba said, "I'm from Adam. so we see that it it's applicable. Look, Vehuva Galadina. It's a din. Lo Here's where he's saying it's not only Mazalis are not only in Agad in Agadatan, not only in Drush Svarim, but it's brought in Halacha. Shaloy lasas Kidish b'Leil Shabbos b'Zman Shlitas Mazalade b'Avah, not making kiddish. Ah, there's a Shita that says a Mazal roll, that's quoted again and again and again. It's as we spoke then at class. A Mazal Yisrael, the way Rashi interpreted it just means it's not locked in, it's not set. You could change it through tshuva and through davening and whatever. So don't say I have a mazal and it's therefore locked in. No, it's, that's what it means, a Mazal Yisrael. Okay, so that's number one. Now, another interesting thing is that someone wrote to the Rebbe in the earlier years that in Eretz Yisrael, they don't, uh, they don't keep this minute. This is what the person writes. So let's see what the Rebbe writes. Masha Kosov, this that you write you're not careful about this. If this is an established custom, not to be concerned about this matter, then why was it never accepted? And here the Rebbe says, and by the way, the Altar Rebbe only says, yeshin is In other words, there are some locations that didn't accept it. Why? What would be the argument not to accept it? In other words, it's, if it's all true, so then everyone should accept this minig, not to accept Shabbos during the, uh, this hour. And the reason for not accepting this davara. There's a passage that says, when you're observing a mitzvah, no evil will befall you. Generally, though, it's interpreted as in these types of contexts where anyway, the Sakana is not so clear. We don't really understand the nature of the Sakana. So that's where we usually pull this out and say, you don't have to worry about it. Go on and do your mitzvah. What's your mitzvah? You're making Kiddush on Shabbos. So what's to worry about? So in other words, Rebbe is saying there's a good argument not to keep it. But at the end of the day, there's an argument to keep it to? Okay, now the Rebbe goes on to say as follows. This person wrote, you know why in Eretz Yisrael they don't uh, keep this? It's because in Eretz Yisrael there's no shlita ala Mazalis. The Mazalis have no say and no influence whatsoever what goes on in Eretz Yisrael. The Rebbe says, there's no source for that. He says, there's no source for that. And he goes on to say, we all, the famous story of Rabbi Akiva, that Rabbi Akiva heard from the astrologers about his daughter with the wedding. It turned out to be almost true. They said she's gonna die on the day of her wedding, and Bapayo, a snake, Mamish, was that close to her. What happened? She gave tzedakah, so it saved her life, which shows you that it's not locked in, right? But what, where, where did this story happen? Rabbi Kiva lived in Eretz Yisrael. Yes, we do know that he left Eretz Yisrael, the Gemara speaks about. But usually the assumption is that that happened in Eretz Yisrael. And the Gemara says that he was worried about what's going to happen with his daughter. Why was he worried if there's no mazalas in Eretz Yisrael? So you can't say that. And then also the Gemara has Rabbi Shua ben Levi's whole Pinkus of astrology. Rabbi Shua ben Levi, where did he live? He also lived in Eretz Yisrael, So why was he writing this? So therefore the Rebbe does not accept the idea that this doesn't apply in Eretz Yisrael. So if they're not keeping in Eretz Yisrael, it's more because... There's an argument for the meaning, there's an argument against it, as he said uh, earlier. The Rebbe then adds in another letter, in Tashankov Aleph, this one came out recently, where he says, another argument for why there could be places where this isn't kept. So he said, Yesh l'hoysif Why we need to find out what's going on in each individual country. Remember, with the bloodletting that on Friday it was okay because Rabbim the majority of people don't care about it. So then it shows it's not a sakana. So therefore you could say the same thing. If you're in a place where no one keeps this thing. So then the same thing. Like it worked for the bloodletting, which happens to be on Friday, by the way. So it could work for this too. So that's another argument. So in other words, you could say, You don't need to worry about it. You could say, uh, And that would be another reason. Not, But ultimately when it comes to menhagen, it's not like, you know, a one persuasive argument over the other. It's like, th- this is one way of doing it, here's another way of doing it. There's a sephara this way, there's This there's a uh that way. One other small thing is that uh, someone wrote to the Rebbe, also in Tavshon Kofalev, that maybe when you're doing Hachnasas Archim, so because it's a mitzvah of Hachnasas Archim, so the mitzvah of Hachnasas Archim should mean and because of that, it should be a non-issue. And so therefore, if you're having guests, you don't need to worry about this. So the Rebbe said, that only applies to you as the host. You're doing the mitzvah. But what that person, who is your guest, he, what is his mitzvah? He's not doing Achhnasas Archim. So, because he's not doing his mitzvah, so it's dangerous for him. If it's dangerous for him, so now rather than you doing a mitzvah by hosting him, so then Fakert, you're kind of almost hurting him. So, therefore, the rabbi rejected this idea that Achhnasas Archim would, um, would move this whole thing away. Now, I'll conclude with a question. The question that I have is that if you track the sources, you'll actually see that what the earliest sources wanted was about Kabbalah Shabbos they wanted the Kabbalah Shabbos except Shabbos and Kiddush the part of what ends up happening is that it came now all about Kiddush Kabbalah Shabbos happens except happens during that hour. davening happens that hour which by the way davening is Kiddush Middorazah, happens during that problematic hour so that yet yeah. It's the, somehow, it became about the Kiddush with the wine, which is really interesting, but you see already, the Alta Rebbe says that. The, the Alta Rebbe makes it about Shaloyle Kadesh, about Kiddush. And, 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 uh, and also the Tikkuni Shabbos, if you look, he also, his focus was Kiddush. I don't, I can't say I have so much clarity on this subject. Um, but that's that. The bottom line is, one other element to this is a whole other sugya. The whole other sugya is the calculating, and if you like the math, and you like, um, Studying about the heavenly bodies and the and all that. It's a fascinating study of how to define when is and all of that. And then based on that, coming up with different calculations for what that hour is uh, and how to observe it during different times of the year. But that's beyond my pay grade. And so the main thing is that we should all stay safe. And shouldn't have a negative effect uh, on us. And we should all be good and